0: 2 Chronicles chapter 20, uh, if you have your Bible, 2 Chronicles is right next to 1 Chronicles. So if you've gone past 1 Chronicles, you've gone a little bit uh, too far. If you've hit 1 Kings and 2 Kings, keep on journeying down towards the book of Revelation. Stay in the Old Testament though. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And I just want you to uh, pay attention, if you would, to verse 15. The Bible says, and he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but gods. I'm going to read that again, and I'm going to give a little bit of context to the story, but I want you to understand what the prophet said to the people of Judah. And the Bible says, and again in verse 15, excuse me, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and he said, listen, all of you of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's can you just look at your neighbor and say the battle is the Lord's yes the battle is the Lord's this is how I fight my battle. Okay, that's when I sing, then you sing. We, we got to participate in this today. We're going to participate together. This is how I fight my battles. Come on. This is how I fight my battles. Yeah, there you go. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, it's easy to sing that, isn't it? When you're inside the sanctuary. It's a whole other thing to sing that when you're inside of your own struggle. It's easy to come into a cafeteria where we've made it look like church a little bit and sing that in the midst of a church gathering. But it's a whole other thing when the church scatters abroad and you feel like you're left all alone, where you feel like you're singing that song by yourself. It's one thing to sing that song alone it's a whole nother thing to sing that song together. There is power when there's one heart of worship. But I want us to understand that when it comes to worship, worship is not just about what we see now, it's about what we see in Him. We have to understand that when it comes to this area of worship, that when you're fighting your battle, it's not the elements of worship that are awesome, it's the object of our worship who is awesome. You see, when it comes to worship, many of us, we can sing out with one heart in a service of worship. But it's a whole nother battle to sing that the battle is actually the Lord's. Because all that I see is my mother-in-law dying of cancer. All I see are the bills that might not be being paid. All I see are parents who might be getting a divorce. All I might see in my own life is the job that I just lost. All that I might see in my own life is my depression, my anxiety, and my fear that has left me paralyzed. But I want you to know that as you've come into this place, I want you to answer this question. What do you do when you didn't pick the battle? When the battle actually picked you? What do you do when that battle ends up on your doorstep through Amazon Prime? What do you do in your life when it seems like you didn't even want to fight the battle that you were actually put into? Do you see this man, Jehoshaphat, comes to a scenario in his life as the king of Judah, where he finds that he's now in a battle that he did not expect would come his way. And I want to, as we lead into this time of worship and extended worship of who God is, I want us to come to a spot in our lives where we are not too cool to care, we're not too serious to shout, and we're not too proud to proclaim that God is still good. I want us to come to a spot where we're going to respond even when it's not righteous. I want us to come to a spot where we realize the crisis that we're facing does not match the character of God. Do you know what I'm saying? God is still bigger than what I'm still facing. So what does that look like for all of us? Well, if you would, pick it up with me. If you would, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The Bible says that it happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and the others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And the Bible says, Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazan, Tamar, which is En-Gedi, and notice what Jehoshaphat does. The Bible says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. What do I do when I did not pick the battle? Understanding context, all of these people are coming up on the backside of King Jehoshaphat. They're not coming front way where Jehoshaphat could see them. They're actually coming behind King Jehoshaphat to surprise him and to attack him. And some of the battles that you actually have been facing right now have been surprising to you but not surprising to a sovereign God in your life some of the things that you have faced in your life have come up on the backside of where you've been but because they come up on the backside does not mean that God doesn't have your front side and your back of what he will carry you through what happens when The attack is coming from a place that you did not see. I want you to know what Jehoshaphat did. Notice if you would, if you're taking note, please write these things down as an act of worship, of one heart coming before the Lord. Write this down. Number one, number one, sometimes to get people to move forward, you have to move yourself. Sometimes to get people to move forward, you're going to have to move yourself. Notice exactly what Jehoshaphat did. The Bible tells us in verse 3, and Jehoshaphat feared, notice this, he's facing this fearful situation, he's surprised by it, and notice what he did. He set himself to run. No. He set himself to leave the people. No. He set himself to leave in a way where he could escape through Netflix. No. No. He set himself by just scrolling through Instagram day after day after day after day. No, the Bible says that Jehoshaphat set himself to seek the Lord. What does it mean when I'm facing a battle that I do not understand, that's coming on me? Notice this, if you would, point number one. Sometimes to get people to move forward, you have to move yourself. That means... In fearful situations, I'm still going to have faith in the situation to set myself in a posture of seeking. Many times when it hits your ears and my ears that trouble is coming, I set myself in a posture of running. But I have to understand what worship really is because God has called me to seek and he's also searching for seekers. Notice the Bible, excuse me, not the Bible, but one man put it this way. He put it this way. Worship is the submission of all of our nature to God. It is the quickening of the conscience by his holiness, the nourishment of mind with his truth, the purifying of imagination by his beauty, the opening of the heart to his love, the surrender of will to his purpose, all this gathered up in adoration, the most selfless emotion of which our nature is capable. I'm coming to a place where I'm setting myself to seek the Lord. Now understand, your reality changes, but the Lord never changes. My battles change, but God never changes. The beauty of God never changes. The holiness of God never changes. The love of God never changes. God will never change. In the changing aspect of my life, God will rearrange the aspects of my life, but he will never change in the aspect of my life. So here's what I want to challenge you. When we call people to come up front and worship the Lord, whether you are young or whether you are old, listen to this. Listen to this. Sometimes to get people to move forward, you have to move yourself. Come and worship the Lord. Come and seek his face, whether that's at Bridgetown or whether that's Monday morning in your car. Second thing I want to encourage you to do in worship, if you take note, and that is this. Remind, restate, and reset to God why you rely on him. I want you to remind, I want you to restate, and I want you to reset to God why you actually rely on him. Notice if you would, the Bible tells us that, that Jehoshaphat came and he called a fast throughout all of Judah. Interesting that the tribe of Judah is the tribe of praise. So Judah gathered together to ask help in verse 4. From the Lord and from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. All of these people, because Jehoshaphat would seek the Lord, are now seeking the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers. Notice what he prays. I love this. Are you not God in heaven? He reminds, restates, and resets who God is. Are you not God in heaven. What's happening in the valley is never bigger than the God who reigns in heaven. Then he says these words, and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nation? I might, looking at this, lose the battle, but don't you rule over all kingdoms, God. He's resetting his heart back on God. Notice this, if you would, and do you not Rule over all the kingdoms of the nations, and in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God? Are you not our God, Jehoshaphat says. Notice this if you would. Who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it, in you, in for your name, excuse me, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword and judgment and pestilence or famine, we will stand before the temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and you will save. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they returned. They turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession. Notice that, if you would. Which you have given to us, O our God. Will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. This is what I want you to do in your battle. I want you to rewind. I know now on our screens we could rewind 10 seconds, 10 seconds when we're watching something, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. I want you to rewind. I want you right now to tell someone sitting next to you, what did God do in your past? Tell them right now, what did God do in your past? What did God do in your past? What was it that you look back on that was a memorial that you said, God, you spared my job. God, you saved my soul. God, you provided for me. I remember when my dad lost his job, someone knocked on our door and ran, but they weren't just knocking to run. They actually left tons of groceries at our doorstep. God provided. God provided and in moments where the battle is strong we have to reset and restate and rewind who is God who is God because what happens in my life if I don't rewind sometimes I don't go forward because I don't memorialize what God has done if I don't remember what God has done and I memorialize what God has done it's hard to have movement in my life because he was faithful then and he will be faithful then again do you see what God is doing? Restate that and remind yourself and reset yourself of what God's doing. Look at verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehezel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jehalel, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. Now, this would be something that normally we would just want to just pass over. Oh, this is just something we want to pass over. But here's what I want to remind you. When you're in your battle right now, remember this. Why did God give all this genealogy? Because his faithfulness exceeds my generation. Write that down. His faithfulness exceeds my generation. It wasn't just with with Zechariah; It was now with Benaniah. And now with Benaniah, now we're moving forward to a place where God's faithfulness will exceed your generation. God will not let you down. He will always lift you up. This is how we're going to fight our battles. Notice this. Number four, if you're taking note. Notice number four. The Bible says to us. Notice this. And he said in verse 15, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, you king Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor be dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours. The battle is God's. Can you write this down? The specific word releases the specific weight. The specific word releases the specific weight. Notice he says in verse 15, listen, all you of Judah. Notice this is directly to people. Right in Judah, notice this, the specific word is releasing a specific weight. They're afraid. He tells them, do not be afraid. They're afraid. The word afraid there means frightened. It means that you have put something of a magnifying glass on a small object and it looks really big. They're frightened. But notice this. Not only are they frightened, he said, don't be dismayed. The word dismayed there literally means don't break down. Why? Because the battle is not yours. The battle is God's. Do you, do you see? Worship becomes a task when worship is about me. Worship becomes a gift when worship is all for the glory of God. Oh, yes, I do have the opportunity in my heart and in my life to have this blessings of what comes from worship but worship is not just about you and about me worship is about God it's about giving glory to God it's about seeing the weight of who God is and saying God you are glorious and you can carry my weight do you see God is bringing us to that spot to realize the specific word release the specific weight that the battle's not yours this battle is not yours this battle is God's The battle is God's. But I believe, let me just give a little side note. Sometimes, we bear other people's battles that aren't our battles. Yes, we are called to reach. Yes, we are called to go into certain things. But please understand, the battle is God's battle. You can reach, but only God can heal. You can try to fix, but it can only God do his forever work in somebody else's heart in life. So we have to understand that the prophet now is giving a specific word. Notice this. Write this down, please. Can you just write this down? Worship is a weapon. Write this down. Worship is a weapon. Worship is a weapon. Write write that down somewhere. Notice the Bible tells us these words. Worship is a weapon. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz. And you will find them in verse 16 at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. You will need, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. Notice this, and Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. They have this army coming on. And you think that they would gather all of the men to come fight together, but they didn't gather all the men to fight together. God said, gather all the worship leaders. I want you to pick all the worship leaders. And here, literally, Jehoshaphat is like this. If I can give you a visual illustration, Jehoshaphat is face down before the Lord, worshiping God. He's face down. Now his face could have been lifted up the whole time. As it was lifted up the whole time, all he would have seen was the armies coming towards him. But because his face is down, God is lifting his perspective in his heart, in his eyesight, not to live by fear but faith. And sometimes, sometimes in our lives, I am overwhelmed by things. But you don't have to go higher. You actually have to go lower. God wants to lift you to a place where he will be the lifter of your head. He will be the reconciler of the relationship. He will be the one. You have to come face down before the Lord. No, I want to go face to face with you in a battle. Jehoshaphat didn't choose to go face to face. He went face down before the Lord. He did not have to argue his case. He did not have to have convincing words because he had a sovereign God. And because he was face down, he laid out this example before all of Judah to follow into and to follow after. That this will be a moment where worship becomes my weapon. Notice if you would, the Bible says these words. Then the Levites of the children of Kohathites Gohath- and the children of the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Voices loud and high. What is the one thing I want to do when I am afraid? I isolate. I live in isolation when I'm afraid. God called them to live in declaration when you're afraid. Praise was loud, and it was actually high. It was high. So worship becomes a weapon. So I position myself, I stand, and I see, and then they, notice this. They had to worship in advance, if you're taking note. They didn't win the battle in worship. They had to worship before the battle. They had to actually worship before the battle. And when they worshiped before the battle they won notice if the if you would what the bible says so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. and as they went out jehoshaphat stood and said hear me o judah and you inhabitants of jerusalem believe in the lord your god and you shall be established believe his prophets and you shall prosper and when he had consulted with the people he appointed those who shall should sing excuse me to the lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army. They were saying. This is all they said. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is all they were singing: Praise the Lord as mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord as mercy endures forever. With one heart of worship, praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. I would think they would sing about the power of God, the justice of God, the judgment of God, but they were singing about the mercy of God, that God would hold back and deliver them. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Closing with this, if you would. What does worship really mean for us? It means this. My hands are up to the Lord, so my hands go out to people. That's worship. Worship is not just what you're gonna sing. In the end, our worship is more about what we do than what we actually say. Because if you're singing something that's not bringing you back to the foot of Jesus Christ, something's wrong. And being at the foot of Jesus Christ, you realize that you actually have a heart for people. But sometimes we get this idea in our lives where we have come to a place in our lives where we think worship is us. We're, we're just sanctified and, and uh, we're just sanctified. Just stop right there, if you would. We're just sanctified. And what happens in our lives, if you can just turn and face everyone, what happens in our lives because we are sanctified and we're saved, man, I'm pure before the Lord, man. I, I, my worship is I'm just, I, I'm caught in my own worship bubble but what happens when someone's depressed when someone's battling anxiety when someone's in fear when someone can't sleep at night you know what man you know what I got you man I got you I have enough faith for the both of us this week you can call me at any time call me at two in the morning call me when you need me the most I'm going to pray for you I'm going to seek my heart's going to be for you and after you I'm going to I'm going to watch what God does in your life I love you I love you and I'm going to see God work in your life what happens is, is when you walk away from that, it becomes worship. It becomes worship. It becomes this aspect in your life where not only is someone has battled with depression in their life and anxiety, but you know what? You know what, man, I, I know that you've I, I know that you've lost someone, man. I know that you've lost someone in your life, and I know the pain of that in your life, and I know the agony, man. You know what? I love you, man. I love you. You know what? It's going to be good. God's going to work this out for His glory. I know it's hard, and I know it's painful, and I know it, I know it's, it's you're going to struggle through it. But I just want you to know I love you, and, and we're going to we're going to get through this together. And when we get through it together, we 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 become a people now that, that that no longer are we just bearing this this uh, self righteous white shirt clean worship is not just about what you say. Worship is about what you do. So my hands go up for who God is, but because my hands go up for who God is, my hands go out to who people are. Because He gave, I give. Because He gave, I give. So I know, you know what? It's a difficult time, so I enter into somebody's problems in a way where it's like, oh man, I don't know if I really wanna take on another problem in my life, but, but, but more situations arise to a place where, where man, that's messy. I don't know who your mom is, but that that is messy, man. um, But I know you're battling that temptation. I love you. With all my heart, I love you. And you know what? You're battling with that, but I'm going to be the brother that sticks by you. I'm going to be the father that sticks by you. I'm going to be the grandfather that sticks by you. I'm going to be your coworker that sticks by you. And I'm going to be the one that realizes that worship is not just, worship's not just what we say worship is what we do so because my hands are going up to God my hands go out to 80 foster kids at five acres that have been placed in homes and rejected in homes and don't have a place where they feel like they belong anymore and because I worship God I don't leave it in this building I don't leave it in a place where I know and I realize it in my life that you know what? Because of that, in your life, you're a battered woman and you're homeless and you're pregnant. There's 15 of you at this house that you're living safely and protected. I want you to know I'm going to enter into that with the gospel of Jesus Christ and tell you that God's grace is big enough and He can work in this. So I extend my hand. I extend my hand at CS Arts and say, I will clean, I will paint, I will pick up trash. I will do everything that day to reach out my, it's not just what we say. One heart of worship is what we do.